this baby and we have sports we got hockey baseball basketball football it's all right here baby all the fucking sports right at your table and guess what people this is the time of the year where sports start winding down yeah, normally August is a lot of baseball and not much else. It's probably the shittiest sports month of the year. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Is there anything worse? Yeah, that, that's fair. It's kind of the, you're at the waiting table for college football. Uh, the NBA's done. You really just have baseball for August, so. And even, even baseball this time of year is usually post All-Star break and people in that kind of lull that summer. Yes, the, even dog, shitty. the dog days of August. Exactly. Yep. Most of the standings are relatively set in baseball this time of year. I mean, people are still playing, but the intensity goes down and you just, just don't have the product. Now we have basketball just now starting its postseason. Got the NHL. Fucking MLB's just getting started, and I like what I see. Football right around the corner. This, this has all the makings of a fucking exciting ass month. So, you know what else is coming back? The XFL. Allegedly. Woo! We'll see. <laughs> Uh, it was announced this week that The Rock is buying out the XFL. Man, it's crazy you can buy an entire league for $15 million. Yeah, that won't even get you like a percentage of a major league franchise for any other sport. Exactly. <laughs> oh, not even close. Be hard to get a like successful arena team like, back in the like, 90s. Yeah, like every every team has like a middle class player that's making that much money in pretty much every sport. For sure. It's <laughs> a good point. How many baseball players could have bought the XFL with pocket change? I mean, Pat Mahomes buys a portion of the Royals. He yeah. could have bought the whole XFL. <laughs> <laughs> sure could have. Sure could have. But the, I, I think it's a better investment. Just to, oh, just yeah. to be frank. I mean, well, well, let's, let's talk about it. So from a business perspective, from a chance perspective, the XFL has, are the is the XFL in better or worse hands than with Vince McMahon? Well, I mean, Vince McMahon's a well-known businessman, right? He sure. he has had a lot of success in the business world and providing an entertainment product that's still going after how many, you know, decades at this point. Right. Yeah, but he is a massive fish in a relatively small pond with, you know, with, with pro wrestling. Um, the crossover appeal of The Rock is going to bring people in that had not been paying attention to it. I wonder what happened with Vince McMahon that made him just want no part of it because the rumor was that they were going to file for bankruptcy and then Vince, Vince McMahon was going to come back and buy it. There must have been something that he saw that he really didn't like. It's almost confusing. Like, why didn't they go in together? You know, The Rock and Vince McMahon, I have a feeling they probably are pretty good friends. Um, why not go in together? Uh, because The Rock is a great promoter, right? He's a a absolutely. Phenomenal promoter. So you got that on your side. Um, Vince McMahon, like you mentioned, great businessman. It would have been great to keep him in, but it's it's definitely interesting. I mean, there's no guarantees, especially with the current climate, but I'm happy at least that there's a chance that the XFL is back. For sure. I mean, who wouldn't like to see The Rock like suit up, though? Right. I mean, it's true. <laughs> Let's just see it for a little bit. Well, and the teams that miss their XFL team or the cities that miss their XFL teams the most – Probably Houston, St. Louis. They do know there's going to be a redraft, right? <laughs> You're not getting P.J. Walker back. Right. Um, uh, I mean, if P.J. Walker comes back to an XFL, we don't know. He could. But he's playing for the Colts right now, right? Or No, or, the, pa the Panthers. Panthers. Okay. Well, that, that could work out. You yeah. never know. 
But uh, yeah, I'm excited. Um, there is some interesting talk going around. Uh, I guess they've already appointed the eight owners. You hear that? No. I, 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 Do we know any names? I don't. Okay. Um, it's, it's, so it's an ownership group. It's not just The Rock that bought this. It's, it's like a, a group of people that bought it. Uh, and they're already talking about the Tampa Vipers possibly moving to Orlando. Oh, no. Ew. Why? Yeah. Well, I mean, pretty much every article I read just smeared the idea. Because they've tried, you know, secondary leagues in Orlando. They're always way more successful in Tampa. Yeah. The Tampa's had really successful secondary leagues. Uh, Tampa Bay Storm, extremely successful. I mean, they won multiple championships. Tampa Um, Bay Bandits, back in the day when Steve Spurrier was coaching them, like, way back in the USFL days, were pretty good. Right. So, Have you heard of the Tampa Bay Tornadoes, by the way? No. So I knew that it existed because I, I remember I can't who was I think it was when the when the Vipers were looking for a team name somebody suggested the Tornadoes and and then I, I saw an article that it was already taken but I had no idea anything else besides the details but I knew there was a Tampa Bay Tornadoes right the Tornadoes is a confusing name for this area like water spouts that sounds dumb right but you know you don't get a lot of tornadoes in this area but the Tampa Bay Tornadoes I'm in a lot of Bucks groups for some reason. And I see a lot of people talking about the tornadoes, and it's kind of confusing. It's like a arena league. It's it's some sort of secondary football league, um, like one of those semi pro where you pay to play kind of yeah. leagues. Yeah, like Scott Bradford, who we had on a few weeks ago. He he seems to post about them a lot. So kind of interesting. I think Tampa is definitely the place to keep them. It's weird when you talk about like team names. Is it seems like as long as you throw in an alliteration, you can have the second word be anything. Like <laughs> it's true. not that is true. Meaningful for the city in any way, shape, right. or form. We saw a lot of it with with uh, the Washington football team, like people throwing out things that start with W that just made no sense at all. What's one of the most confusing names you've ever heard for a team that just didn't match up with the area or just confusing in general? And you could go in Utah Jazz. Yeah. Because there ain't no jazz in Utah. (laughs) They don't even allow music in Utah. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a great one, actually. Yeah. And like Green Bay Packers. I'm like, what the fuck is a Packer? Like I've always. So so that's that that dates back to like the machine packing industry. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Things that don't even like exist anymore. It's pretty. It's great. The Lakers. I mean, how many how many Great Lakes well, do you know in, in Southern California? Right, that's just because it carried over. Well, well yeah. so, so did Minnesota. the Jazz. The Jazz actually moved from New Orleans. Yeah. To oh, Utah. Yeah. okay. The Lakers used to be in Minneapolis. Yeah, I knew that. I yeah. knew that's why they had Which the made Lakers. way more sense. Right. But they were so unoriginal back then. They're just like, yeah, Jazz. Like, there's some people in Utah that listen to Jazz. Why not? Let's fucking roll with it. Well, well how about um, the Charlotte basketball franchise when they came back the second time, right? So they made the, the Hornets. The Hornets left to yeah. go to... Oklahoma City, whatever. Um, and then the Charlotte got a new team, and their owner was going to be this guy by the name of Bob Johnson. And he's like, we're going to call him the Bobcats. <laughs> yeah. awesome. Wow. How narcissistic is that? Like, <laughs> Dude, I love the classic Hornets uniforms, you know, like the the teal. Uh, I remember it was, it was weirdly fashionable in, like, middle school to wear Hornets jerseys. I was I, I Bogues, it. man. Yeah, man. I loved it. I loved it. A teal and purple combo. So the XFL could be back. Uh, pretty interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see Taylor Cornelius back in action. Big Dick Taylor. Um, and uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited. I hope the Vipers come back. I will definitely resume my season tickets 100%. And uh, we still got some shirts to sell. So <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is a great day for, for the sports meme it, it marketing is. team. Yep. The marketing team takes a W today. <laughs> But let's move on to perhaps more important sports, the NBA. And it is debatable whether or not it's more important. The Lakers clinch a number one seed for the first time since 2010. So back to the Kobe days. 
And, uh, I mean, who stands in their way? Yeah, this is, this is interesting. Um, is the challenge out east? I don't even know. Uh, it's out east for sure, but it's... Like to me, it, it, the, the two division or the two uh, conferences are just like so clear cut who the two best teams are. Yes. Yeah. So I, I do think it's kind of wide open, though, in the West. Like, who is the biggest challenge in the West? Because Clippers, do, for sure, you, right? You do have the Clippers. They're, they're probably the best team in terms of personnel perspective. Right. But some of the other teams are really playing quite well. So, and, and they're pretty loaded, too. Like, there's plenty of other good teams, you know, Denver, Utah, Oklahoma City, like the there's, there's a bunch of teams that if they get hot and they're shooting well, could mm-hmm. make a run at it. Right. Sure. I just don't know over the course of a series if they have enough to hang. Um, it's the same thing when you, know, you look at the Eastern Conference. If Boston, if all their depth guys are, are on, they have a chance. They can smother you with, with that depth. So um, here's the thing. Boston's Milwaukee's not even so the number one better. seed in the East, though, because you got Giannis, who... No, yeah, Milwaukee's clear-cut. And, and they, they played the other day, and Giannis dominated. He only played, like, 36 minutes, and he still was, like, the focal point of the game. Yeah. And, and that's the crazy thing. Like, some of the statistics on him this year, he's not even playing. Like, he's the... I think he's 36th overall in minutes played per game, and he leads the NBA in, like, multiple categories, and he's just dominating. Like, nobody can stop him. He's probably the single best player in terms of like at their peak right now. Um, but w- is that enough to carry a team like Milwaukee all the way? We sure. don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, being, being seven foot and a freak athlete doesn't slump. Right. Um, you know, it's like the old, the old adage and you talk about football and baseball, like speed doesn't slump. Like, so there's some things that it doesn't matter. You can be in, a, in, a, in an empty arena uh, with no shooting line that you're used to. And, and some of these guys who've t- taken a lot of time off, maybe a little rusty, especially from three. Um, but Giannis is still seven feet tall. Like that's not going to change. He, he reminds me of when LeBron was just really starting to hit stride. I mean, yeah. he, he was really good when he was like 20, 21, like 2011. LeBron? Yeah. yeah. Uh, before that, it was before, before that. that. Yeah. I mean, he, he was leading the Cavs, and I remember back then being like, wow, Mo Williams, what a, what a great guard. And the like what a great center. And like that, that's, that's how it happens with uh, Giannis. I mean, naturally, is that guy, he's just, he. no matter who he fucking plays with, you plug him into any team, um, and he's that dominant. He, he really reminds me of LeBron in the prime of his dominance. So it's going to be really interesting. I mean, I think it's a pretty clear-cut finals for me. Uh, Vegas has both Milwaukee and L.A. at the same um, odds, and I think that's really dead on. Uh, do, do we know what the season split was between them? I don't. I don't. No, yeah. I do not. So that'll be interesting. But out of out of all the first round matchups, you see an interesting like who who do you think gets upset? What's the biggest upset uh, chance for you? I mean, if you look at both the three six and the four five series in the East, I think those are both interesting. Philadelphia and Boston had it out last year, uh, so that'd be another nice rematch. They're also two cities that hate each other, uh, so you know that's always fun. Even even though their fans can't actually visit the games anymore. But, um, and then Miami was this pick at one point, like right around the trade deadline, people were like, oh, Miami, they really pushed all their chips in. They made a bunch of really good moves, which they did, but they're not necessarily playing great. The Pacers actually are playing really well right now. I don't know how much of that, just them getting warmed up and back in shape and stuff. But I think that that could be an interesting series, especially with like Oladipo back, uh, for Indianapolis or the, the Indiana Pacers there. Yeah. Um, Without Oladipo, they don't have even a 
fart in the wind. Is there a more boring series than Denver, Oklahoma City? <laughs> No, in terms of uh, viewership, yeah, no. viewership and fan bases. I mean, after the big three leave Oklahoma City, I mean, I know they're still passionate, but the national fans, like, we don't, I don't give a shit about Oklahoma yeah. City now. Well, you, you still have Chris Paul, who's really good. Boring. Um, and I mean, yeah, sure, he's boring, but watching Donovan Mitchell and him go yeah. up against it. Oh, I mean, it, it's quality Yo-kitch. basketball, but it's yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I it's think like Oklahoma's- a WNBA game. You're gonna see a lot of fundamentals. Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, if if your if your big sure. endorsement is uh, a fake insurance agent. You know you're fucking boring, right? I, I think my I think my f- my best matchup out west that I want to watch the most is actually uh, Dallas and, and the Clippers, sure. Because Dallas with um, Doncic and and Kristaps uh, Porzingis and such and such, like that's a team that is really interesting. They're probably not ready for the prime time right now, but it'll be interesting to see them test themselves against you know that number two team that we all think is is out west. Luca's fucking incredible. Yes, like if you if you put up his numbers against like LeBron, same age, like Luca looks better on paper. Um, he, it's it's in a, it's in a much less convincing package. I think he's more ball dominant. Yeah, to be fair, but and I, I think a lot of people are kind of slow to him. One, he's like just this pasty white dude. Yeah. Two, he played most of his basketball in Europe, so we're just now like, wait, wait, who is this guy? Like, what is this amazing talent? We had no idea what was coming. What is he twenty? Yeah, he's twenty years old, something like fucking that. Fucking ridiculous. Young, yeah. What is with Dallas trying to assemble Caucasian super teams? <laughs> They're good at it, though. They are. My, uh, theor- my theory uh, Mark is Mark Cuban. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's really just a camouflage for Mark Cuban, so he can get closer to the court to yell at people. Yeah, he just hides amongst his white superstars. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's probably pushing seven foot, right? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Who, Mark Cuban? <laughs> Joke, joking. <laughs> so uh, Boston at Philly. Um, I'm sorry, Boston and Philly series is by far the most weird in the regular season because the 76ers actually won three out of four games there. So that's an interesting upset. I mean, that's a three versus a six seed. And then the only other one out of all these matchups where the uh, team with the lower seed had a better record was the Utah-Houston game, uh, game which Houston won that series two to one. Mm-hmm. So it's I think it's going to be pretty straightforward like most rounds in the NBA but who knows, man, with all this time off, you know, there's some rust for sure. Uh, but yeah, it, 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 it'll be an interesting first round for sure. I'm just excited for playoff basketball. Me too. That's, that's what we're, and, and this is probably the first basketball season where we've been like, hey, there's actually no clear, like this team is definitely going to the championship kind of thing in, in either side. It's like, it's right. open. It is open. As much as we think that it's, you know, LeBron's for the taking, that there's plenty of opportunity for them to get upset. I mean, if LeBron made, made this thing happen, he better get his championship, right? Because sure. there's a lot of, I, I've seen a lot of um, other superstars around the league leaking it through whatever sources, basically saying like, this is LeBron season. LeBron wanted this to happen, so it came to fruition. I, I don't, I mean, here's the thing. I think he actually may need to make it happen this year because next year, Golden State is going to be back full force in health. You know, obviously no KD, but like that makes them more of a contender again. Plus they're going to have a high draft pick in this year's draft, which is a pretty decent draft. So they're, I mean, the window is closing for LeBron and for Dallas sure. Dallas gets a lot better next year. And, and, and Anthony Davis is not signed for next year, right? So th- this may be it. You know, he yeah. may, this may be the window. Well, Golden State won't have Iggy either, right? No, they won't have so that, I mean, I that, mean, unless they re-sign him. That's that's a, that's a, that's another big blow. So, I mean, I, I do think Golden State will be back, quote-unquote, but they're probably like a three-seed, you know, three-four seed maybe even. Yeah. I mean, Draymond, Steph, Clay yeah, Thompson, those for sure. are all some really good players. So. Dude, first of all, ACL tears in the NBA. 
can ruin people's careers just overnight. So Thompson, there's no guarantee with Thompson. Um, And with shooting teams, like when you had KD, you had size and you had shooting. So they were a little bit more resilient. When Curry went through... um, you know, some of his scoring droughts, which believe it or not, Curry does go through shooting droughts like everybody else. Sure. Um, that's the nature of shooting. It was always KD that could kind of fill in and, and be their rock. Without KD, you know, you still got Draymond in defense, but they don't have a lot of guys that are just going to drive the drive the hoop. And you know what I'm saying? Like, they're, they're not going to be anywhere close to the old Golden State dominance. Not anywhere close. Sure, but I also really like Steve Kerr as a coach, and I trust their GM and ownership group to put together a competitive team out there and give them a chance. So. Sure. Can we, uh, it's a little off topic because they're not much of a contender, but is there a weirder fucking team than the Nets? They have like KD and his weird personality. They have Kyrie Irving who still thinks the earth's flat. Do you think KD like, could have came back this year with this delay? I think it's kind of somewhat interesting. I mean, I, I what, what, where's the incentive to really? Though? True. But I don't and think he really he, even tried. Didn't he already have a huge issue with feeling like a team doctor rushed him back or something? And, Wasn't that? Yes, a, he did. And, mm-hmm. he had, yeah. and he contracted COVID. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that was a long time ago. He was yeah. one of the first, sure. he was he was one one of the first big yeah. athletes yeah. to get it. Yeah. yeah. But maybe it was just like, hey, like, I, I, would I, don't, say I don't need to worry with, about with this. The, with the complaints and gripes he had about feeling like he was rushed back before, he probably is going to be real slow to come back this time. Yeah. So. I don't. I, I don't ever root for KD anymore. It's crazy how much I used to love that guy coming out of Texas. There's something just likable about him. Second, he pulled the snake move. I just kind of lost interest. So uh, I, I hope the, I hope Brooklyn crashes and burns and I think they will. Oh, they will. <laughs> <laughs> they will. Yeah, they picked up some interesting personalities for sure, but let's move on to the NHL. For sure. Yeah. We're starting to heat up. We're getting some playing games. We're getting uh, some round Robin uh, seating for the top teams. Uh, Tampa just wrapped today. They've won both of their so far, one in overtime versus Washington, and then uh, today against Boston. Didn't look – I mean, it's playoff hockey. There, there's there's momentum swings. You're going to blow some leads. Um, but they played well in physical against two teams that usually out-physical them. So the additions they made with Gaudreau and Maroon and, and Bogosian and, and Blake Coleman, like it's all paying off. It looks like they're playing playoff-style hockey. Um, it's technically when, still pre-playoffs, though, right? It, it's so it's postseason hockey, but not playoff hockey. If that makes sense, it depends. It's the round yeah. robin of, of seating. It's but, not. But the, weir- regular but the weirdest season. wrinkle yeah, about yeah. this is individual stats count towards playoff totals. Mm. So if guys you know show out in the round robin, it could affect who wins the Conn Smythe for a playoff MVP. Like it's it's kind of bizarre, and it's counting towards like records. Like um, Tyler Johnson just passed Vinny LeCavier for playoff for playoff goals today. And Kucherov the, had one too. Yeah, he's he's closing in on Marty St. Louis for points. Um, it's it's kind of weird. Yeah. What's the COVID situation going on in NHL right now? None. It's pretty good, man. They're they're pretty tightened up. I mean, are they wearing like face masks? Um, no. I no. mean, so a lot of the players wear shields and masks while they're playing anyway. They're they all yeah. wear gloves it's, though. It's mandatory, like that face mask, yeah. unless you unless your tenure in the league predates that rule. You have to wear a mask. Are right. they going to do injuries the way that they do it normally? Like absolutely. Uh, like oh yeah, no, I'm talking, about, like, lower body? I'm talking about like lower body. I'm talking about like yeah. like is it COVID? Like oh so yeah, Stamkos has had COVID for like seven weeks had, now. I, I'm blanking on the player now, but they had a player go to a local hospital um, for a neck injury. He got evaluated, X-rays, all that done, and now they're trying to figure out. Okay, well, he left the bubble. 
Um, how do we bring him back in, even if his test results are negative? How do oh, we, so the NHL are doing a bubble. Yeah. I actually did not know so that. So they have two bubbles. They Interesting. Have one, they have one in Toronto and one in Edmonton. Cool. That well, may, damn. All right. Breaking, so that, that's breaking why news. Working. Bubbles fucking work. Yeah, bubbles <laughs> fucking work across the board. NFL yeah. better get their shit in gear and just do it now. Especially bubbles in Canada where they've taken everything way more seriously. So, like, the cases right. are way down compared to the U.S. But yeah, every, so every, I think every team has a, their own, like, basically like their own hotel or, like, their own x number of floors within a hotel um and that's it they, they stay away they, they were super strict on people leaving it's it works oh yeah that's great what when stamkos do back um he's he's in that day-to-day where we're getting individual updates on every single game whether or not he's playing so so it, we do think that he's coming back soon it's playoff hockey it could be tomorrow it could be uh never sure. you know we we're not getting a lot of information sure. it was i think it was a sports hernia <clears throat> Uh, but not a significant one, apparently. I mean, we've already had one team eliminated, right? So uh, Carolina yep. advanced over the Rangers, oh, which no. um, was predicted by somebody on this website. Um, but on the other side of New York, uh, the Islanders actually had a 2 nothing lead going into today, and the Panthers were able to fight back a little bit. But, I mean... Panthers are deep. They're scary. Yeah. I, I mean, both those teams are kind of interesting. But so The Panthers pretty much just bought up a whole squad, right? That, that's what I gather um, what they did. It's kind a of free agency. A combination of draft picks and moves and, and free agency, some homegrown talent. Uh, but the big thing is going out and get, um, what's his face? Uh, Bobrovsky, right? Yeah. 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 That's, the, that's the big move there. I mean, when you can acquire a top five, top ten goalie, um, that's usually going to make your team a lot better. Yeah. Jack, Jackie, who do you like in hockey this year? Oh, definitely the Lightning. Yeah? You think you're going to win it this year, or is it going to be massive disappointment like last time? I'm setting myself up for disappointment. Ooh, yes. Jackie was pretty devastated. They've already won more postseason games than they did last year. So, right. Well, and we were supposed to go to the first game that happened after they shut down the world. Right. Yep. Surprise birthday party. That was ultimately not much of a surprise. Nope. (laughs) Um, But so one of the members of the pod who's regular here, Brandon, is uh, at home uh, and did not want to join the pod because he's sweating the the Penguins losing tonight um, because the Canadians, they have them on the run. So the 12 seed, Good, dude, I'm glad we don't have Yinzer input. Into shouldn't, this shit. It, shouldn't it even be in the playoffs in there? They're going to run. I mean, but Pittsburgh the last is, team in it is might, might knock the penguins out. Pittsburgh, How pissed would he would be? But Pittsburgh's a team that this, this was going to happen eventually. Not saying it's going to happen. Uh, not saying they're going to, they're going to be eliminated, but this is a team, the way that their, their lineups constructed, it's so top heavy that one or two injuries that are significant, if some of those depth guys just don't, you know, fill in and the, some of those lines, I mean, they, they did a lot of operating off the, the assumption, and it's, it's been a correct assumption, you can throw any two wingers on Sidney Crosby's line, and that's a productive line. But if those guys don't play well uh, or aren't, you know, just finishing and, and, and the, some of their depth issues that they're running into, they look vulnerable, which is, I mean... Does not upset me at all. When is the last Canadian team to win a Stanley Cup? Uh, the last Canadian team to win a Stanley Cup was... Edmonton? Uh, yeah, I think. No. Mon- yeah. Yeah, it was so. Edmonton. Gretzky. Yeah, era it Edmonton. Been, 80s. Wow. Yeah. No, That's got to yeah. burn. Huh? Calgary, Calgary, no. What is there, three teams? Um, Toronto, no, no, Toronto like hasn't won. This, this is, is it really? This is one of wow. my, there's six, yeah, six teams. burn. This is one of my favorite uh, stats, my favorite hockey stats, is Toronto has not won a Stanley Cup since there were six teams in the league. Wow. They won a bunch back in the original six days, but they haven't won a cup since 1967. Yeah. Ouch. Um, Why do you think that is? Because then there's more than six teams in the league. 
It's got, <laughs> but that it's got to burn a little. Like, why, why, why is hockey so unsuccessful in Canada? So, I mean, it's not entirely unsuccessful. Uh, Vancouver's made a couple runs. They were in it a few years ago. Calgary's made some runs. They we beat the Lightning beat. Yep, Calgary. I remember for the, for the, uh, the cup. You know, back in oh three oh four, and then so I mean, there's some there's some teams that are good and they make runs where they're where they have some uh, some some good seasons. Winnipeg last year, for instance, or two years ago was in the cup final um, or the semifinal, whatever. Um, so, I mean, th- there's some good teams sometimes. It's just, it's played out that way. It's just kind of funny to continue to poke at Canada for not winning it because they're so invested in, in being a hockey. Mon- so Montreal was the last uh, Canadian Stanley Cup winner in 1993. So it's been a very okay. long time. Jeez. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, wh- which Yinzer uh, do you think is going to be more upset if the Pens were to lose? Marcus or Brandon? Definitely Brandon. Yeah, Marcus has more going for him outside of sports. And I think Brandon's like annoyingly outwardly Yinzer. Yeah, it's such a part of his identity. It would just be like his, yeah. No, he's like playing a role, whereas Marcus is kind of just like Eh. Yinzer by default. Yeah. (laughs) Brandon Brandon feels like he's got to play this role. Sports are so much of his, his, the identity he selected for himself. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Like if, if, if. And you committed to Pittsburgh. Yes. If Brandon had to design his ultimate heel wrestler, it would be like a hockey fan. Like that that would be his whole identity is that yeah. he's like a, a Penguins fan. It'd be really uninteresting, but he'd be a really uh yeah. He'd be a heel for sure. Oh yeah. Oh absolutely a heel. Yeah. Yep. So uh who but, wins the Stanley Cup this year, guys? I mean I'm not gonna go past my heart. I think Tampa get fucking figures it out finally. Yeah, so here's the thing. The East is pretty much got the four to five best teams probably. Yeah. Right. So I don't be a bloodbath. I don't think that anyone on the West really has a chance, but every time something like that occurs, it's like, Oh, guess what? Then the West wins it. So last year, the blues came out of nowhere, Mm -hmm. went on this miraculous run. And they're actually one of the best teams in hockey right now, outside of the Eastern conference. If they have an easy road to the playoffs, provided they don't completely sweep everyone and do that whole, we resting while you're playing thing, then they could they could come out of the West, I guess. But I'm also going to go with the Lightning just because uh, a little bit of a homer, and I also feel like they've they were a really good team last year. They're a really good team this year. They've tweaked. At some point, the pressure's on, so get it done, and uh, we'll see. Though, yep. So obviously, the biggest variable in all these sports is COVID. Yep. And we see these different sports handling it different ways. The NHL, NBA seem like they have a winning formula. The MLB just keeps getting rocked. Uh, I read today that there has now been 21 games that have been postponed. 21 games um, in a shortened season where, what are they playing? Averaging like six games a week, five games a week? Yeah, it's six games a week. Six games a week. Where do you make up all these missed That's games? The you don't. So, so they announced that they're going to do Sunday doubleheaders of seven games apiece. So they're going to shorten the game just for the double headers and they're going to play a bunch of double header makeup games for the the issues. What are they shortening it to? 7 7 innings. Oh, so oh, I yeah. thought you said 7 games. Yeah, no, so, yeah, so double I, headers I or 7, seven innings. innings. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. That geez, that changes the landscape. Like that makes like the Reds way more potent, right? If if you're only playing 7 innings, your your bullpen all of a sudden is less of a factor. Sure, a team with a great bullpen might just say, "Okay, so for the second game, we're going to have a starter for the first game and the second game we're just going to completely bullpen it." Right. You know what I mean? Play matchups on it and completely dominate the game. Yeah, I mean the downside of that too is is the reverse. If you don't have a lot of starter depth, and if you're playing 
now you add two double headers you're playing eight games in, in, in six days right um you're gonna run some issues with starters oh man how do you win this season without there being a massive asterisk not like a houston asterisk but like a just did you really win it Asterisk. I don't know. I think to be fair, it might be more of an accomplishment to win it this year because that means you had to overcome more so many adversity. Yeah. Well, and everybody had to go through it, especially especially like the NBA and the NHL, that have larger you know playoff fields. It means you you out survived more teams. Like I don't know how that's how you you put an asterisk on that and say that's less of an accomplishment. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just. I think it's just comparing like future seasons. Where the where the asterisks could come into play is in like okay, we're in the playoffs now. Such and such team fucking all gets COVID. Right. What that's, do you do? That's really are we just going to pause the whole series? Are we just be like, oh, you lose? Sorry, move on, next team. And then that's where the asterisks would come into play. I think. Like, imagine this. Let's say the Lakers are in the conference finals. LeBron, AD, all of the best players get the whole team. Let's just say the whole team gets COVID. What do they do? Good that's question. a rating. That's a ratings nightmare for the NBA. Oh that's what that is. I mean, LeBron really wants his MJ moment, so he'd probably not tell anybody and then be like, "Oh, this is my MJ moment. I played this whole game with COVID and infected everyone on the on the court." Well, could you just be like, "All right, listen, we'll just give it to the other team, right? Or we'll give it to all the remaining teams, and then whoever survives gets to play in the finals." <laughs> right. Right. My God. Yeah, so the, M- the the MLB's plan, like they, they still aren't showing that they grasp the situation here. Yeah. So the new thing to come out uh, from the NBA from Manfred's office, who's I mean Manfred's an idiot, um, but his new concept on, on how to try to control this virus and, and and try to promote safety is wearing surgical masks on planes now. Now he, they're saying that they strongly suggest that, and spacing out. Uh, they need more social distancing in the bullpen. He's not understanding the concept. Is we're not concerned about passing it around the our own team. We're worried about it coming from the outside and getting into the team in the first place. Like that's what the NBA and the NHL are focusing on. Yeah. Where MLB is like, oh, how do we stop the the Rangers from giving it to more Rangers? Well, you stop the Rangers from getting it in the fucking first place. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so they said. Um, I think they said the Marlins per Derek Jeter was like, oh yeah. Um, all the players were being responsible. This must have just happened like a couple guys made like a coffee run and a couple guys went to, to you know, go uh, um, grocery shopping and stuff like that. It's like normal everyday activities like I do. And it's like, listen, dude, you guys are a professional organization. Hire somebody to go make those runs for them. Well, allegedly they went to like a, a bar or a club or something. But I mean, we're in Florida. Well, what's open? Where did, where did they go? Well, so, so <laughs> it was actually it wasn't in Miami. Because Miami oh, shut down. Gotcha. This was when they were up in Philadelphia gotcha. playing against the Phillies that they, they contracted it. And uh, But St. Louis, straight up, like apparently a bunch of the St. Louis players decide they're going to go to a casino one night, yep. and that's how they got it. So wow. they, have, they have six players with it right now. Yeah. Uh, Manfred, I, it almost feels like the MLB is riding out Manfred like they did, like the Jets are riding out Gase right now. <laughs> it's just like, it's almost like they're just, they're like, you know what? Fuck it. This year is already a wash. Let's just ride this shit out and then appoint a, a, a splash at commissioner, somebody that people like, and hopefully recover safe face next year. Because I truly believe that's what the Jets are doing. I think the Jets know this is the lost season with Adam Gase. So I, I, I feel like they're almost just like, fuck it. We're paying him this year. Let's just grind this thing down. We have all these picks next year. Let's just fuck this season. And I I, I would not be surprised if like Le'Veon Bell got dealt eventually. Like, if we're they can find at- a taker. 
I mean, his contract is kind of bad. So. It is. Yeah. But I just, I really like, who likes Manfred? Like, he is absolutely destructive for the league. And it's not like Goodell, where everybody hates Goodell. But the MLB was successful. Or, sorry, the NFL was successful. So, like, he can't do much to dent the MLB, NFL's reputation. But the MLB is already a sinking ship. And you have your captain going around taking fireball shots with everybody. Did you, you see, know what I'm saying? Did you see uh, when he was, I think, I don't remember if he was in the, I don't think he was in the booth, but they were talking about the two Manfred. It was one of the baseball um, broadcasts. And A-Rod was calling the game. And A-Rod in the middle of the game, like, two Manfred is like, man, your popularity is like a runaway train. How, do, how does everybody love you or whatever? Obviously, Brown knows him because he wants to buy the Mets. Mm -hmm. But, like, it was just the cringiest, just most terrible thing. I, I hate A-Rod. If I never had to listen to A-Rod speak another word, I'd he's be so happy, cringy. man. He's awful. When he first... He's, he's when a he bad first, announcer, too. Why is he When he first started off, like, that first season, he was... Oh, I, I thought he was good when he first started off doing the color thing. I can't remember what... It was on a different network. As soon as he moves... Yeah, as soon as he moved over... Um, it's, I don't know if, like, his agent was like, hey, be more like this. Be more, you know... He's just an ass kisser and adds nothing to anything. He's so disingenuine. Um, I don't know if you ever heard about the uh, the the reporter that blew up the Balco. Uh, oh, yeah. you know the, the yeah, whole sure. thing. Uh, a Rod invited her or him. I, I don't even remember what it was uh, to like a coffee shop to basically like talk. And like A Rod was just like this fucking disastrous mess. Was like weirdly trying to bribe him, but not. Was kind of like probing. Like didn't have a plan. He's just this cringy, awkward dude who I've, I've always hated him. I, there's something just so disingenuous about him. And, and, and that is something you do not want an announcer. You know what I'm saying? Like, you want yeah. just a straight-up good personality. Why would he doesn't have credibility. Yeah. No, who likes him? I, Yankees don't even like him. To be fair, most of, most of the broadcast booths on ESPN are shit. They what? are. Name a sport where they have a good one, realistically. Just one sport. Even. Tony Romo. That's it. Yeah. That's all I got. I'm, I'm saying ESPN. Oh, yeah. Mostly yeah. ESPN. Oh, ESPN, yeah. yeah. ESPN doesn't have, I think, like, I actually think the Boog Shambi Chipper Jones one's not bad, but outside of that, any sport, pick me one sport where they have, outside of college football, maybe, is the only one where they can have. We, can we get, like, Katie guys. Nolan or, like, one of, like some, Mina Kimes? Mina Kimes. Can we get one of them on a game? I don't know, man. I, I, hate, I hate to say it. I don't want this to sound sexist, but... I really have never liked a female announcer in the NFL. And I don't think it has anything to do with anything other than who they're choosing. Cause I do think you could get a good, like what's her name? Uh, Samantha beetle. Well, beetle doesn't beetle doesn't like football. So yeah, she's an NBA. <laughs> not at all. I mean, she, 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 that's why she's not on uh, the get up show anymore. She was on it to begin I, with. I might actually like out, that a little bit more. If she doesn't goes, like it comes, comes out and goes, I don't like football. So uh, yeah, and That's they're crazy. just like, uh, what? Like yeah. the whole crew is like basketball's her thing, right? Sure, I guess. I but she used so. to like football. She just now she's like anti football and um, weird. Convinced somehow convinced ESPN like they're like, hey, we want you for the show, and she's like, sure, I'll do the show. You're gonna pay me more money? Okay, cool. And then she gets on the show and like six weeks in is like, yeah, I don't even like football. And That's they're like, uh, Greenie's just looking at her dumbfounded on air, like, what? My point is that I, I, it's not that I don't think females can do the job. I just think they're choosing the wrong ones. And trust me, they're choosing a million wrong male announcers, too. Oh, yeah. I, I think some of the college girls are, are actually pretty good. Like, Maria Taylor's good um, pretty much at everything that she, Who, that she who's chooses the, to do. Who's the one that runs circles around A-Rod? There's a, there's, there's a, Jessica Mendoza? Yeah. 
I don't think she's that great. I mean, when you put it, I mean, in fairness, you put anybody next to A-Rod, you're like, oh man. She's better than him. But (laughs) I I listened to her broadcast today or the other day and I didn't like it. Um, But like going back to the college football thing, like Sam Ponder is actually pretty good. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And and then I like Sam Ponder a lot. Yeah. There's a few other ones that are, that are in there that are, they're actually pretty good, but, but the ones that they seem to promote for the most part and, and put in some of those positions, I don't know. I, I would I would definitely be interested to hear what Mia Kime sounds like on a color broadcast for sure for for an NFL game. So. I want to know what idiot is moving the chess pieces around in ESPN because oh it, yeah, it went from like I have to watch ESPN in the morning to like man, I cannot fuck like ESPN first take. It used to actually be somewhat interesting. It wasn't just sensationalism every single round. Like there was a time back in skip the the OG Skip Bayless days, Woody Page days, man. Yeah, when I actually. Thought it was pretty entertaining. I used to watch it in college where I'd be like on the treadmill and stuff. Yeah. I remember when first take was was palpable. And I, now I, it's just unfucking watch. I really liked Mike and Mike. Um, yeah, me too. Back I, in the day, for I sure. I thought Mike and, and Wingo was okay. I have zero interest in, in Keyshawn Johnson. I, I, I didn't even know that existed. They, so they, they so it hasn't got started rid of, yet. You no, know, it did. Oh, well, it did. This, Monday, this, this Monday it started. Okay. They got rid of Golik. So Golik doesn't work for ESPN anymore. No, I know. I heard and that. And then they replaced him with Keyshawn Johnson. Ugh. Yeah, gosh. Uh, I mean, just being in the in the Tampa market, I've already had more Keyshawn Johnson than I ever wanted. I want to see more. You know, I I don't know, just random guys that they got rid of. Uh, Canell, I don't know why they got rid of him. I love the Canell. What, what's Ryan Rasilla? Ryan Rasilla. Ryan Rasilla is my fa- he's my favorite ESPN guy. Period. Yeah. Yeah. Um, him and I thought his show with Canell was really good. I really enjoyed it a lot. Every show that Ryan Rasilla is on is really good. Yeah. He brings a, an element of professionalism but it's also kind of like he's your buddy and he'll sit there and have a conversation with you and it it's it's good everything that he's done is, is pretty much gold in they my have opinion some guys that they don't i don't think they promote enough that i i enjoy watch i mean i who i still don't get enough nate burleson i want more nate burleson yeah yeah he's a great he's a great personality he really is yeah more, um more ryan clark more ryan clark for sure uh pollock i like pollock a lot uh, david uh, pollock okay yeah uh sometimes pollock gets a little bit sometimes um nose up at you kind of sure. like uh, snotty sure. about some things or was it was it uh was it jesse palmer or Ugh. jesse palmer's okay he's kind good? of just he looks pretty and he's very bland he he needs to be the no but i'm saying like he's like the he needs to be the fourth guy i like dilfer dude i thought dilfer, dilfer was, was actually really good a in terms firing. of analysis a and, weird firing yeah. by ESPN. dilfer is solid what's he doing now uh he's he's coaching high school football and he runs the elite 11 I think oh. I think that the downfall of ESPN radio is kind of just more indicative of the rise of podcasts. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you 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 got these guys and they've kind of banished these some of their most interesting talents for dumb reasons. Love them or hate them. Colin Cowsworth or eh, Colin 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 Cowsworth. Cowherd. Cowherd. Yeah. Cowherd. Jesus. I'm mixing up Colin Cowherd. <laughs> oh my god, I'm tired today. Uh but Cowherd, love them or hate them. The dude is one of the best solo radio guys I've ever seen. Yeah, absolutely. he commands it, and dude, he has such a great cadence, and his whole show is just so well put together. You don't have to like his his takes, but his fucking the way he commands it, he really is. I think like, the, the one thing he does incredible. the best that that captures me the most is just the way he phrases things. Yeah, he, where he, he has he, good analogies, so many analogies, good, really good analogies, but they're they're solid. They're not yeah. like far fetched. They're not weird. And then he phrases things in a way that make you kind of like 
you go where he's leading you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's good. He's like, I'm going to take you on a little journey here and yeah. just, just think along with me. He's like, you may not agree with this point, but just yeah. keep going with me. And then he gets to the end of his point and you're like, uh, you lost me at these points back here, but you, you tied a nice bow around sure. it. So it sounds good. He's a segment machine. Is Dan Patrick still under the umbrella there? Or did he do his own? Is he under I mean, his own mo- thing? Most of these guys are not under, under yeah, that I, umbrella I love anymore. Dan Patrick. I was actually just going to mention, I, I I think Dan Patrick, he's, he's always just been a pro. It's one of the most... What I love about Dan Patrick is he keeps the show super mellow and just like chill. Like you can kind of just like sit there, have your coffee, work, and like it's not like like you know sensational like in the morning. It's like something you can kind of listen to and kind of get into your workflow while you're listening to. I, I love his show. It's great. I, I like watching his show especially too because it makes it, it kind of puts you in a position where you feel like you're like in the show, yeah, you're in the room. Things are bouncing around you versus you know you're just listening to something. Sure, I, yeah. I like Dan Levitard at times, but. I just, yeah, he goes off the rails sometimes and he's like, but it's still better than most of the other stuff that ESPN has. And then they're true. like, they're like, keep cutting debt back on his stuff. Like we want less of it. It's like, I guess he doesn't please the, maybe, maybe we're not the target audience. Who knows? It's maybe true. they're trying to bring in more casual fans, but like they've lost a lot of the sports fans. ES like sports center kind of sucks. Like, do you remember when we were kids? It used to be good. Like yes. it used to have show actual highlights of games. Now it's like, we're going to talk about this. And this one issue, and we're going to hammer this one issue. It's like, cool, but I don't care about that. I feel like the commercials have even gotten worse. Way worse. For sure. When's the last good ESPN commercial you saw? This is SportsCenter? Yeah. The good ones are classics, but yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite? Ooh, that's tough. It's not the best, but the one that always jumps to my mind first is uh, LaDainian Tomlinson trying to sort mail through his visor. Uh, some of the LeBron James ones are pretty yes. good. Uh, like uh, the one where he walks by and like LeBron's like trying to uh, smash the copy machine back in there. And he goes, chosen one, huh? <laughs> chosen one, huh? Mm. I like the one where he, he walks past that or LeBron goes by, what's his name's cubicle? And he goes, hey, uh, did you steal my chair? And it's this giant throne. And he, and he, and he like looks around the chair and he goes, no, I... Oh I, yeah. He yeah, goes, yeah. He goes, no, I, yeah. I hope you find your chair LeBron. <laughs> or the, I, I think there's one, uh, like big poppies, like I think he's with a rod or somebody else. But he's like trying to like teach him how to break a hat in or whatever. And he puts on the Yankee hat. Yeah. And the Wally. Yeah. The, the Red Wally Sox mascot season. walks by and like drops everything in his hands. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the one that I like though, that maybe my favorite is, um, Stan, I think it, one, of, one of the guys is about to get on the elevator and he presses the button and it opens. Oh, the New Jersey the, Devil? The New Jersey yeah. Devil. In there. <laughs> he's like going up and he's just shakes his head. And then, as he got in, he's like, whoop, I'm going to slide back out. Uh, there's a Stanford tree one where a guy goes up and he throws a little piece of paper in the trash and the Stanford tree just kind of standing there and he, and he like reaches in the trash and puts it in the recycling bin. That's pretty good. Another great one. But yeah, they're the fucking the, the pool halls ones. They had like a whole series of pool halls ones where he's like a machine, and it's just you don't have that anymore. Why, why didn't you eliminate him, Albert? Why you didn't know you else, eliminate him? It's Albert? interesting too. Like we talk about like the, how they they position their talent. Like why is John? Why is, why is Butcher Gross like buried at night? I don't know. Here's the thing: <laughs> ESPN hates hockey, so there's right. nothing to do with Butcher Gross. Sure, like or even like Scott Van Pelt. Like they bury him at night. It becomes so corporate that, um, and I do think there there's a time where you get so wrapped up in PC, you know, did Colin Coward, what he said, was it really that bad? Yeah. Did he deserve to get fired for it? Not at all. I, I, I don't I, think he got fired. I think he, they just let no, his contract he, expire. No, he got fired. Coward? Yes. 
Yes, he got fired, and Fox Sports picked him up like a day later. Okay, I don't. I don't I, call it. A day I later. actually like Fox Sports much better these days than ESPN. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, they're I think it's better. Disney. Disney yeah, owns yeah. ESPN, it's, so everything has to be very. They kind of own Fox. Do you know? Do you know what's interesting about? You talk about the commercials the too. Sports, yeah. yeah. You talk about the commercials too. You watch ESPN, and you get like so many like Star Wars commercials and like Star Wars sports yeah. crossover. I'm like, this isn't all the same thing. It's Disney. Like, like, let's just leave sports sports for sure. I don't need to see the Millennium Falcon like hitting a baseball. So let's let's jump to the NFL, and uh, we've been doing this series. Of, this is the third one, and uh, we have gone from the AFC East to the AFC North, and now we land today at the NFC North. A really interesting division this year, kind of. Uh, depends on how you look at it, how you look at the Bears, how you look at the Lions. I think really in question are two teams at the top. And so I just want to ask you guys, uh, does anybody disagree with the Packers winning the division again this year? I do. Same. You do? I think the Packers are the third best team in the division. Same. Uh, second or third. I, I don't, I don't know what the bears are going to do on offense. They're there. That's who I have in that second or third tie. Yeah, I, I believe um, in the bears a little bit this year. All right. But, so let's hear it. Newman. like, what do you, what do you, who, 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 who is ahead of the Packers this year? So I have the Vikings at 12 and four. Um, I thought that they had, you know, their usual good draft. Their off season is kind of, uh, bland, but their schedule lines up pretty well for them. So I have the, I have them at 12 and four. I actually have the bears at 11 and five right behind them. I think that that game could come down to, which of those two teams can beat each other. Uh, the Packers, in my opinion, they had a bad offseason. They had a bad draft. They had a bad. They lost players that were good. They didn't really replace them with much. And their schedule is not good for them. They have to go, they have to go play San Francisco again and get their butts kicked. Like, it, it, I don't know. The, their offseason game plan to me is just so beside myself. Like, it's, it's so dumb. You're wasting one of, his, one of Aaron Rodgers' prime years. And, um, and then the Lions, they improved a little bit because they brought in a bunch of Patriots defensive players, but I don't think it's enough. Um, they'll be better than last year because they have Matt Stafford, but outside of that, I mean, it's it's pretty also-ran team at this point. Jackie, what do you think? Who wins the division this year? So I'm not going to say the – I mean, the Packers are, are not going to do well, mm-hmm. and I think because Aaron Rodgers and his relationships always have something to do with – Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because when he was dating, what's her face? Olivia Munn. It wasn't that like horrible and they were like having a terrible year. And then he just broke up with Jan- Danica Patrick. Right. So you think he's going to do better this year or no? I don't know. <laughs> he's like, he could be, I think he's going to do okay, terrible. Brandon. This is easier. <laughs> <laughs> so who wins the and division? Vikings. Okay. All right. Who, who, who comes in second? I don't know. Yeah. See, I think that's, that's going to be hard. I think though, I don't know enough about like who the lions all picked up, but the bears were pretty strong last year. See, I think I, I really I, like the bears. I think that they, the, the addition of Nick Foles makes them, it raises the floor at quarterback, right? He may not be the starter, but if Trubisky doesn't have his shit together, Nick Foles is going in there. He's not going to have his shit together. And I think, and I, I probably, I mean, you would know better than any of us. You know Mitch from your days back in UNC, but um, I mean, if, if he doesn't have his shit together, Nick Foles is capable of coming in there and pr- making that offense run at its, the pace it's supposed to run. Look for a big year for Allen Robinson if Nick Foles is actually the quarterback, too, in fantasy. Because I think, you know, he might be a little bit overrated in terms of fantasy where he's going in drafts. But I think he's probably going to pay off around that that range. Derek? 
Yeah, I, I, th- I mean, I like Minnesota just because I know what they're going to do. They're going to run the football. They're going to throw it off play action. They're going to stretch the field. They're going to play good defense. Like, I, I know what they're going to do. I don't know what the Bears are going to do. Um, I don't know what their offensive identity is going to be. They have the pieces. They have, like, a weird combination of pieces where they could be, like, a mediocre passing attack or a mediocre run game. Right. Can they put it together and, and, and put both together? If they can, they have a chance to be a really good football team. The defense is going to be good. Uh, Cleo Mack is an absolute game destroyer. He's, he could single-handedly steal them a game or two. Um, but I just – the Packers had a really weird offseason, and I don't think Aaron Rodgers is super thrilled. Um, and, and, you know, we've made a lot of jokes about it, but he, he legitimately needed some weapons. And instead they drafted his replacement. Right. Like super, super weird offseason there. Um, and then they drafted a backup running back, and then they drafted a backup tight end. Yep. Yeah, they, they drafted to the the depth in the in the positions like, they have. Hey, hey, these are all positions that we're good at. What are we going to do in the draft? Address the weakness or just hammer the strengths? Yeah, let's do that exactly. so that our weaknesses become more of our weaknesses. And yeah, I like the lines from an upside standpoint. I think they're going to be better than there's. I think there's some people who are, who are weirdly high on them. I still think there's some people who are probably writing them off. Uh, Matt Stafford coming back makes them a better team, but you just look at that division. There's there aren't a lot of wins up for grab. They're right. not they're not going to really threaten anybody. Um, they have some nice pieces, some some more, I think, more fantasy-relevant pieces than uh, they do actual, you know, football wins. Um, but I, I think that's kind of how that division's going to go. I, I think it's going to be similar to the AFC North in that it's just going to be a bloodbath. Mm-hmm. I think that they're very similar divisions, really. Uh, you got the two top-heavy teams that people think, but for me, I think that there's... I think the Packers, man, they just... To- they had a window... And they totally fucked it, man. The twenty-nine trunk it, right? Yeah, like, for sure. The twenty nineteen off season, they did so well. Brought in great guys like Ladarius Smith. You know what yep, I'm saying? Yep, like, the like Smith brothers. They, their defense took a real exactly. step forward. They, they made some great improvements on the defense. Um, they they just they did the right things, and they were building towards success now. And then all of a sudden, this draft, dude, you piss off. A loaded the, wide receiver draft, you don't yeah. draft a wide receiver. You piss off the greatest quarterback in your franchise history for no reason when he's still capable of, of winning games. Like, Aaron Rodgers is not the guy he used to be. He's not that old. No. I mean, he is, I mean, he's he, old, he is really old. Like, he, um, he's not like mid-30s. Mid the, the thing that's weird yeah, here like is, is what's old at quarterback anymore? Yeah. We just don't know. It, are, are Drew Brees and Tom Brady the exception? Or is this the new rule moving forward? I think Aaron Rodgers has fallen off a lot. I do too. Um, and I think that last year, the Packers team was just really good. I also think the Packers were just super fortunate last year. Yep. Uh, they, lot, they won a game early on against the Vikings where even the announcers were like, I don't even know what's going on with these calls. They were terrible calls. That influenced the game huge. So early on, you get that win against the Vikings. If the, win, if the Vikings win that game, it could be a whole different season for the Packers. Their whole locker room could start falling apart. Uh, Rodgers is fragile. That's the thing about Rodgers. And so unlike other Physically guys... or mentally? M- mentally. Mentally, he's extremely fragile. I actually still think he has it. But I think that his mental state is not where it needs to be. So I think that when you got Rodgers... And this guy is very much a mental player. He he likes to play with a chip on his shoulder, but does he like to play like he's about to be replaced? We don't know that yet. And now he does. He's got his fucking Aaron Rodgers behind him, just like Brett Favre did. I think it's going to fucking get in his psyche a lot. I think the Vikings win the division. I agree with you, Newman. I think the Bears are second. And I think the Packers have a 
putrid season. I think that they fall off the rails. I I I, I truly believe the Packers are going to have a terrible year. I have a weird. I, I had them at like eight and eight. Yeah, their schedule's hard, dude. Think about this. Uh, people are just assuming there's going to be crowds. Lambeau Field without crowds, huge difference. And it's yeah. just cold. Huge. Now it's, it's, it's shitty grass place. at that point. It's going to affect the Vikings as well. The Vikings have a great home field, but it's Lambeau Field. Uh, it's Aaron Rodgers thrives under those pressures, under that crowd noise. I truly believe that the Bears get it back together. Their defense is still really good. They have so much talent on the defensive side of the ball. Just fucking loaded. So if they can just get their offense rolling again, I think we see big bounce back years from like Allen Robinson. Uh, I'm very curious to see what happens at quarterback. And that's what I want to go to next is who starts at week one. Now, we'll also talk about who do you think, you know, is going to take over that job uh, when it's all said and done, but who do you think makes it out of camp at number one? It's so confusing. Nobody really knows. Right. And I mean, we don't have any camp information at this point, so right. we're kind of just guessing. Um, I think that they would lean towards Trubisky just because he is the incumbent. They, you know, the GM emphasized getting him, you know, in that draft. They don't want to, as much as they look bad already, they want to try to see, but be like, oh, maybe we weren't so wrong after all, you know, if, if he does have a good season. He has, you know, extra year in the offense. Hopefully Nagy can take him a step forward. So that's kind of what they're hoping on. Isn't that funny we just said, though? Because you're talking about how the, uh, and this is what the Patriots never do. But you're talking about, Yeah. You're talking about how the front office could influence a choice that might not be the best one. And that's what I love about the Patriots is they don't care about it's they're going to make the best choice regardless of repercussions, whatever. Well, let's be fair. The front office isn't the ones making decisions in New England anyway. So it's true. <laughs> I mean, the front office is Bill Belichick, right? right. There's one guy making, but that that's the thing is you get these egos with these front offices. And I agree with you. Dude, this front office has been dragged through the fucking mud. They made so many bad decisions. They literally passed on Patrick Mahomes. Nobody's ever going to forget them for that. They have made some good decisions. They traded for Khalil Mack, right? That True. worked out. Yeah. Um, they, they, they've they've signed some other good players. They've built a decent team. They they had a really good season two years ago. Yeah. Um. They just they picked the wrong guy at quarterback. True. I, I, so if you're the, I, I want to put myself like in the position of the Bears here. If you start Nick Foles week one, you've lost Mitch Trubisky. Yes, he's gone. Yeah, mentally, he. I don't think you recover from that. Probably be playing, playing for the Raiders next he, year. He probably, he probably, his agent probably informs the team that he doesn't want to be there the next season. Right, he's gone. I think he's not already going to be there next season. They, uh, they chose not to pick up his fifth year option. Nick, yeah. Nick, well, but you, you could still sign something in season. Sure, you could still yeah, tag yeah. him. The quarterback's the position you can tag. Right, uh, for sure. Um, if you start Nick Foles as the backup, Nick Foles has been the backup everywhere he's been. Yeah. You know he can con- transition back into it. Let's say, the, you know, the table's turned. If you have two guys who are, who are somewhat equal, um, which I think they do. I think from a talent level, Mitch Trubisky probably has more upside from a talent standpoint. He just sure, hasn't been able to does. put it together. Mm-hmm. If you start the season with Nick Foles and need to go to Trubisky, you're getting nothing. You're getting garbage. Right. If you start with Trubisky and go to Foles, you can probably salvage, salvage your season. Yeah. That, and that's what I said. I think it... Nick Foles raises the floor of that position, 100%. right? Like oh, definitely, Mitch. Mitch is Mitch doesn't have it today, or Mitch is playing poorly this season. Move to move to Foles, and and we're okay. That, that's a great point. I think the Foles signing it raises the floor. It lowers the ceiling. I, I argue uh, the the Foles ceiling you saw with Philly. You're never going to see that again. I would argue that that's one of those weird fucking runs. Um, 
It's just some runs in sports that you can't really explain, right? Like yeah. Flacco. You remember, well, uh, there's just like the Kansas City Royals. Remember how hot they were when they won the World yeah. Series? You get on these runs with, in certain sports, and the NFL is all about how hot you get. Mm-hmm. Like the Giants. Giants. Wild card teams one both of the, times. One of the Steelers. Beat, yeah. One of the oh, Steelers. Oh, for sure. Super Bowls. You get on these rolls. It's not how good your team is. It's how good you are by the time the playoffs hits. And so I... I truly believe, and then know, it's about matchups yeah. in the playoffs. It's about the matchups for, for sure. sure. But uh, yeah, the the NFC North, it's just it's very interesting. Uh, but from a fantasy perspective, who are you guys targeting in this division? Like, who who do you like? Who do you not like? You know what I'm saying? Like, the, I think there's a lot to not like, and there 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 are some like Aaron Rodgers. Where does Aaron Rodgers fall on your board? And if you had to make a pick right now. Aaron Rodgers or Kirk Cousins for your fantasy quarterback. That it, It's weird that that's a hard question. Where can I get them is my question yeah. in response True. to that. Because I'm going to take whoever I can get lower. Well, let's say they're point. both on the board. And, and you, like you're ninth you're, or tenth round or something. I, yeah, I'd even say, I, dude, I don't even know how far Aaron Rodgers falls, but he's going to fall very far this year. So I, maybe 11th the, round pick. The, so the one point here is how do we have average draft? Who the fuck's drafting right now? How do I have an ADP for players? But well, there is. There's it, an it's, ADP. It's, it's well, so it's based on mock drafts to some degree. Um, it's also based on who even's mo- who's mock drafting right now. There, dude. There's. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some people out there mock yeah. drafting. I've done a mock so draft right now just to see where things are falling. Rogers is, is QB thirteen. Wow, is where he's that's at. crazy. Um, which I think is, yeah, that's about right. No, it's very right. Yeah, sure. I'm just saying it's weird to hear that. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think I saw Cousins was QB 12, like right next to him. Oh, yeah. So, so very apropos. That's about where I would I, I think coin flip. Like honestly, here's the thing: which offense do you think is going to be better, and which quarterback is going to be throwing the ball more? So my question for the Packers offense and 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 how efficiently it's going to run is. Are they going to let him throw the ball as much as he has been? Is, is his volume going to be down? Because it was kind of down last year. Right. That's part of the issue. Also, without Devontae Adams, who are their wide receivers? Like, there's nobody of consequence there. So oh, there De- is. De- Devontae Adams is good. Right. He's, he's really good. And he he's one. He's I think he's kind of underrated. And from even a fantasy perspective, he's he's not in the top three in wide receiver. And I'm like, why? But um, his target share when he's not on the field, like they're screwed. They don't have anybody else to throw the ball to. Right. So one of the guys that I'm really high on this year, since we're, we're, since we're right there, uh, for whatever reason, Aaron Rodgers loves Alan Lazard and he is on the board at like wide receivers six in the low sixties. Um, so to your point, there has to, somebody has to catch those secondary targets. Right. I think it's going to be him. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I think there's a bunch of guys though, but here's the thing. They're kind of interchangeable, right? Like if Alan Lazard were to get hurt or get sick or sure have one bad game, all of a sudden it's, uh, Marquez Valdez scaling. I'm, I'm and then basing it's all Jake of that. Kumaro, you know what I mean? I'm like, basing all of that on the fact that Aaron Rodgers like goes out of his way to talk about Lazard and his work ethic and how much time he puts in. Like that's to your point. If a bunch of pieces are interchangeable, I'm going to go with the interchangeable piece that the quarterback's talking about. Sure, but but we've we've heard him do that before. He did yeah. it last year, and Lazard kind of did a whole lot of nothing. He has, he had some good moments, some he, good spurts. Sure, he had moments. But again, we're talking wide receiver sixty three. Yes, I, I, get, I, I understand guy. it. I understand it. He's like yeah. a, like a flyer pick towards he's a, the he's end. He's a flex right. that yeah. might get hot. Yeah. yeah, dude. I mean, the you you make your fantasy rounds in like round rounds eight through thirteen. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, like you, you can, you can hit. You have to hit on your superstars, but truly, 
the guys that you're going to hit on like are, are the guys in like eight through thirteen. If you sure. hit on just two of those rounds, boom, your fantasy team's set. I like uh, I like Anthony Miller a lot. He's going like wide receiver forty six. Everyone does though. I know. It, you know, uh, he who, put together a good stretch last year though. Who's a guy though that they always pump up every year and he just fails? Uh, Jimmy Graham recently. Jimmy Graham always. Anybody playing tight end for the Packers? Yep. Who I will, I will not take a Packer tight end this year. Yeah. Fucking Aaron Rodgers doesn't like throwing to tight ends. He, he never not. has. You know who's I thought it was you, Finley. That's it. Jermichael, Jermichael yeah. Finley. Jermichael yeah. Finley is really the only guy that he's he, kind of like a wide receiver though, and they flexed him out as a wide receiver was, most of the he time. He was a fucking beast. Yeah. Oh yeah. People forget how good Finley was. He was phenomenal. I, I once took him as the first tight end off the board and regretted it. How do you <laughs> guys? Sure. He had how injuries do you, up the boat. How do you guys feel about Hawkinson at tight end sixteen? I feel like that's really low. Listen, I'll, I'll if I'm if I don't get one of the top tight ends for whatever reason, or, or I don't like their value, I'm definitely on that weight train. It's good. It's good flyer pick for sure. I, I'll wait on a tight end and just take a take a couple tar- target like dart throws later. That that's definitely a plan. Yeah, I. But tight end sixteen. I mean, what, that, that's got to be round. I'll tell you, a tight end draft is around eight nine. A tight end I really no, like in the NFC North. That. A tight end I really like in the NFC North this year is Irv Smith. Yep. I think he is a phenomenal talent. Um, I I just I love everything about the guy. He's like this really good team player. I think he was kind of smothered by an incredible Alabama team. Um, he played behind OJ Howard the majority yep. of his career. Uh, he kind of just got his one year to shine, and he fucking shone so bright. He's one of these guys that like he's is he's a receiving tight end first and a blocking tight end second. So from a fantasy perspective, obviously that's what you want. O.J. Howard has shown that he's definitely a blocking tight end first, receiving tight end second. So I would love to target Irv Smith as a flyer. You know, you don't want him to be your starter because that's too risky, and they still got Rudolph there. But I would love to take him in one of the later rounds, my backup tight end as a, as a huge upside guy. I think that that, that guy could just be electric this year. And I think sure. that, that tight end goal, like tight end red zone share that Rudolph gets is something you want to handcuff almost for sure. And um, guess who's the offensive coordinator of the Vikings this year? Mm, uh, Gary Kubiak. He's a Super Bowl winner. Yeah. Uh, do you recall the season with uh, Peyton Manning where he had 50 plus touchdowns and his two tight ends were like number two and like number like seven in the league. So wait, a Shanahan offense likes tight ends. You've got to be kidding me. That's, that's what I'm saying though, man. <laughs> I, I I think Irv Smith could have just a super productive year. Uh, I fucking hate uh, what's his name. Our, our off of, God, the Browns head coach. Um, I really think oh, that that guy was a Stefanski. Ter- he was yeah. a terrible in-game offensive coordinator. The, the Vikings, if I've ever seen uh, addition by subtraction, it was that. We lose this inexperienced guy who was at first year at offensive coordinator, and we gain a Super Bowl winning head coach at offensive coordinator. So when we're talking this division, that is super underrated. And and, and to be fair, Gary Kubiak has co- coordinated a lot of really good offenses throughout for sure a long, for a long yes. stretch of time. Right? Yeah. He was with the Broncos. He was head coach in Houston. Yeah, where Houston had some really productive seasons. Really great right? years. Like Matt Schaub. Actually, yeah. was a fantasy relevant quarterback sure. in Houston because of Gary Kubiak's offense and some guy by the name of Andre Johnson. Andre but Johnson yeah. had his best years with Kubiak. <laughs> he was just a monster. I mean, Kubiak to be had. fair, I think Andre Johnson would have had his best years with any coach at that stretch because that was when he was peaking and he's a stud. But yeah, what do you guys think of Adam Thielen this year? Because I think that uh, out of all guys that I think are a bit underrated this year, I think Adam Thielen is weirdly underrated because he had injury issues last year. 
Sure. Um, he also had Diggs, who was taking a lot of targets from him. Without Diggs, Thielen's a guy. We don't even know what Jefferson's going to bring to the table. So, they, they bring in um, uh, uh, shit, uh, Tajay Sharp from the Titans, who's good, but it's not like he's going to steal that many targets. No, he's, think, mo- he's mostly a slot guy. For uh, sure. Thielen's my number three fantasy wide receiver in the division, personally for me. Yeah. Um, I, I have a soft spot for Kenny Galladay, and I'd probably rank him higher than most. Wow, so you rank Thielen higher than uh, Robinson. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, I, I love Galladay. If you look at his like PFF numbers and like how high he ranks, he's like a top five. Oh, receiver. I love Galladay too, and for sure. Especially on contested balls, which yeah. I mean, Matt Stafford loves some double coverage. He had a you, good year without Stafford. I mean, yeah. that, it's he, he's talented for and, sure. And Stafford's Stafford is, great for water. Seasons. Stafford is not afraid to throw in a double coverage if you'll go get, if you go get it. Yeah, and and Galladay does, which I actually like out of a quarterback. Like, yeah. oh, my guy's open trust your guy even with yeah. I mean, granted, a lot of that depends was a Megatron. On, it, de- it depends on the guy. It depends <laughs> right. on the guy, but yes, trust um, your guy. So we we talked about Smith Hawkinson. I mean, another young tight end that could certainly break out. Yep, I I like Hawkinson a lot this year. What so about you I mean, guys? and and I mean the other another one to consider. So we talked about him last week a little bit. Cole Komet uh, was the first tight end or the the main tight end drafted. Uh, yeah. I said Packers, but he actually went to the Bears. So the Bears are running that Andy Reid offense right with Matt Nagy at the helm. That's a t- that's an offense that builds towards their tight ends. Could we see some Cole Komet too as like a late round flyer as a, as a fantasy? Potential stud. Rookie, especially, rookie tight ends. I know rookie tight ends don't normally perform well, but maybe by the end of the season, he's a guy that starts getting some some run. In that yeah, and I think yeah. especially if his prevalence and his um, effectiveness, effectiveness in the offense coincides with Foles taking over because Foles loves tight ends. Sure. So yep. I, I think that there's a potential, especially late there, that's, that's somebody you might want to take a flyer on. Yeah, yeah for sure. But yeah, I mean, Haw- like Haw- Hawkinson's definitely a guy for the most part. You know, there's, especially there's, the value tight end sixteen for Hawkinson. There's so there's three three draftable tight ends in that in that division for sure. Uh, going back to your Thielen point, here's my question in regards to Thielen. Um, you you mentioned that Diggs is taking a lot of targets away from him, but also Diggs would take some coverage. Right now, I can roll coverage over to Thielen and kind of double cover him a little bit, maybe. If I can, if I'm confident in one of my corners, I could be like, listen, they got Jefferson on that side. He's a rookie. I'm going to put my stud corner on him and then I'm going to roll double coverage over to Thielen. Maybe I can neutralize him a little bit. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but you definitely are going to see somebody try it. Yeah. I don't think you get the luxury of rolling coverage as much when you're playing Minnesota because they're going to run the ball. Yeah. You got to keep those guys near the line of scrimmage, which means you have to show it. Um, and, sure. and if you start showing world coverages, you're gonna, they're going to audible to a run. They're, they're going to pound the ball down your throat. Uh, Dalvin Cook formally ended his holdout, um, and that's another topic I want to get to in a little bit. But uh, So you got Dalvin Cook. You have probably the best backup running back in the league in Alexander Madison. Um, so this is going to be a down-your-throat, run them offense, similar to so many of Kubiak's. I mean, we're, we're talking, uh, what was the... Jesus, why am I blanking? The running back with the Texans that came kind of came out of nowhere from Tennessee. Alfred Blue. No, that came out uh, of Tennessee. Oh, oh, Arian Foster. Yeah, Arian Foster. Like that was very it's gonna be very yeah. similar, I think, to that offense. I think uh, you know, Dalvin Cook's gonna have a sensational year. They're just gonna run it down your throat. And by the way, I like Tajay Sharp. I, I I think he had a decent you know, he's he's not gonna be sensational. Yeah. But you have Justin Jefferson, so in my opinion. You lose Diggs, you add Jefferson, who, by the way, they're very similar players. If you look at the way sure. they play, very similar players. Uh, I don't think Jefferson, obviously, is going to come on that quickly. But whatever he contributes, if he's just decent this year, 
I think that we see a really good passing attack from the Vikings. And just like you said, it's because they're going to run it down your throat and the play action pass is going to be there. I'm taking Madison like so high. This yes, year. me too. I, I mean, as a cook owner, I need a handcuff. Uh, but even if you're not a cook owner, go snake him because cook might miss some time. You have cook and keeper. I do. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So yeah, I'm taking Madison. You got to take Madison early. You might take, early. What, 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 how early are you going to take him in keeper? I'm not going to tell you how early because I I'm, he won't be there. I'm not in the keeper league. I'm just wondering where, um, where that comes into play. I, like, I would say so. Keeper league first two rounds are pretty much gone. They're really going to be picked through. Third round's really the first real round. I probably take Madison sixth round. Well, here's the yeah. thing about Madison in a keeper league. Dalvin Cook might not be with the Vikings next year. True. So that is a very interesting prospect. You got Alexander Madison and Kirk Cousins is still going to be. Decent. I mean, you know, Kirk Cousins getting up there in age. I think he's what, 33? One. Uh, 30, 31? Okay, 31. never mind. He's just now hitting his stride. Yep. I completely strike that off the record. So <laughs> you have many more years of a good Vikings offense. It might be a good strategy this year in fantasy to invest in Alexander Madison like decently early. Just, just put him on your bench. If you have a keeper league, I'm not talking about a normal fantasy. This is yeah. keeper specific. Alexander Madison is a guy you might want to target like Round nine, maybe eight, even. So, so here's a question to ponder with GM Rick Spielman, who signed an extension this week. Yes, uh, at the helm, the Vikings have not done a great job of drafting wide receivers in round one. Does not that, in round one. Does that make you concerned about Jefferson? It. So here's the thing about Jefferson is uh, coming out of high school. I don't know if you guys know this. Almost a complete unknown. Eh, that's not entirely true. So his older brother played at LSU. He was a quarterback. Uh, really good. He had grade I'm, issues. I'm talking about from a scouting perspective. He was a walk on. So, so he had grade issues. They didn't yeah. think he was going to qualify. Right. So he wasn't getting any division one offers because of that and decided he was rather walk on once he qualified instead of going the Juco route. That that's what actually happened. He, he they, they all saw him as talented, but he just he, he didn't get scouted because they didn't think he was going to qualify grades wise. Interesting. Yeah, but he was. It wasn't like he came on the scene his freshman year and just burst it out. Like he 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 did not you really mean at LSU. He did yeah, yeah. yeah. at LSU. LSU. LSU has a lot of good wide receivers. So for sure, yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is, it wasn't like he came in the, one of these made guys. Mm-hmm. You know, Odo Beckham came in immediately. I mean, he he was one of these guys that he was going to take Jefferson at no point. He what even what you're saying with grades? It wasn't like he was a five star athlete who was. Right. Just because of grades, he wasn't being recruited. No, I think a he lot was a of three, teams, right? Yeah, I think exactly. That's what I'm saying, though. He wasn't a bona fide college recruit, so there are some question marks. Uh, wide receiver, yeah, could they bust? Yes, I think there's going to be a lot of busts in this last round. I mean, they it, it was a tight end or wide receiver heavy first round for the NFL. Uh, when did we see that last? <laughs> the worst fucking wide receiver draft of all time, 2016. Something like that. Yeah, I think yeah, it was 2016, Doc, 2015. Doxon. Uh, big Treadwell. Uh, Will Fuller. Fuller. Fuller's actually good, but when he's on the field, but he's not on the field. Yeah. Um, but the wide receiver class that was really good right behind it is Odell Beckham, Mike True. Evans. Yep. Like, th- that, that's a really good one. So here's the thing about the the p- counterpoint to your, to your, this could be a bad bust draft for wide receivers. Offenses are more friendly for young wide receivers nowadays. They weren't back, you know, even a few years ago. They've moved more and more towards spread offenses, which these players know, so they don't necessarily have to come in and 
learn the offense, which it was an impact. There was a rule back in the day for fantasy. It was like, hey, you know, you don't really want to take a, a young wide receiver until their third year unless they're an absolute freak, right? Well, I mean, I, I won a fantasy football league off of the fact that I got Odell Beckham in the 14th round. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and I mean, that's Flyer because he, he, had, he had an injury, right? So that, that dropped his value even lower. But then also, it's, it's that thing, like that, that third year wide receivers would break out and he'd be like, that's when you want to take them, right? Like, uh, but then it became this thing where it's like, now there's, there's a lot of guys, their rookie year, they have productive stretches. They may not be productive the whole season, right. but you only care about them for that stretch when you're going to start them. So from an ADB perspective, Jefferson is ranking on some boards as the number one rookie wide receiver. Now I disagree with that. I, I don't necessarily have an issue with it. I like multiple guys better than him. I think okay. CD lamb has an electric uh, freshman year or freshman year rookie, rookie year, year mm-hmm. 100% yeah so the, the question that I have about CeeDee Lamb is there are other targets there and mouths to mm-hmm. feed whereas I think Jefferson has fewer of those to com- contest with true so, 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 so my guy that I think is a good situation and not necessarily a lot of mouths to feed is Ruggs yeah I like yeah. Ruggs in Oakland a lot I, I like Ruggs a lot too I think that you know, maybe the Raiders were like, hey, listen, we wanted Antonio Brown. We want this shifty, kind of a little bit smaller, but fast and good route runner guy to put in that slot and, and throw the ball to a lot. And they may have that in rugs. I don't know, man. My, my rugs, I liked them before the Raiders drafted him. <laughs> I, I actually called it like weeks in advance that they were going to draft him in my uh, little mock draft that I posted. That you, that He's you, so you can Raiders, go back and, man. And find that article if you'd like. But yeah, uh, I mean, just because he was the fastest player fastest on the board. Fastest player on the board. It, 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 it's an ode. It's an ode to the man, Al Davis, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. It's it's like in Madden franchise mode when you don't even pay attention to anything in your scouting reports, but the forty time. It used to be my squad, man. Back in the, the Raiders, back in the day when they had, I think it was Jamarcus Russell. I think that was the year that he was a rookie. There uh, is Hayward Bay. So they still had Nandi Asamoa, who was an absolute lockdown, like shut down half the field. And then it was just, it was speed everywhere. They had uh, DeMarcus Van Dyke. They had uh, Ford. They had, there was like, I think they had five or six guys who had 96 speed or better. Yeah. And in Madden, like speed just, it's speed used to just absolutely rule. Run a fly, hook it up and eventually. It was like the only important stat for a long ass time. And then you had Jamarcus Russell with his 98 throw power. Just chucking deep balls to I, I you could put corners in at wide receiver. I remember so like Hayward Demarcus Bay. Van Dyke run flies every play. Hayward Bay ninety eight speed, yep. terrible everything else. He was yep. like a seventy eight overall player, but ninety eight speed. Is he might launching. not catch the ball, but if he does, oh no, he's you got to use exactly. user catch that. <laughs> oh yeah, chuck it and user catch it for sure. Now they're they, the old men's were just so skewed towards speed one hundred percent. Have you guys heard Todd McShay tell the story about the best uh, pro day workout that he w- ever went and saw was Jamarcus Russell? Was it? Wow. That, that's what he says all the time. And it's like, I've seen guys that have had bad pro day workouts and they're actually really good NFL quarterbacks. And I've seen that, you know, the best pro day workout I've ever seen. That's and embarrassing. Well, so here's the thing. <laughs> the pro day is set up for the athlete, right? Not like so Michelle. like if I'm the one organizing my pro day and I got my quarterback that I want to go number one overall, what am I going to do? A bunch of favorable, favorable right. conditions for him. Right. So to be fair, as a scout, you're not putting them through to the be drills. fair. Yep, we say that all the time, don't we? Uh, So, so you know, the scout, you're not putting him through all the drills if you're Todd McShay. You're just watching it, and it's hard to be like, look at that power that he had. And that's our boy Jimbo Fisher. Like, he can coach him up, can he? He can make him look good for the NFL. But when they get to the NFL, then what happens to him? Did I make you watch Letter Kenny? Uh, No, I've I've, we Uh, we are obsessed with Letter Kenny. Newman always gives us the to be fair. To be fair. 
I yeah. discovered on a, on a business trip in Chicago, and I watched three seasons in my hotel room. Oh, like, no. We're, <laughs> we're obsessed with lurking. It's, oh, it's, it's fucking so hilarious. Good. And no, Newman, his filler word is to be fair. So good. Yeah, we all have filler words. Uh, this podcast has actually made me uh, address my filler words more than anything else. I, I tried to only use to be fair once tonight. It's, You've used it like seven times. Isn't it crazy, though? <laughs> I find myself in meetings like the podcast has helped me out a lot and just like filler words and like whatever. But yeah. Um, anyway, let's, to let's, be fair, let's get back on track here. So Dalvin Cook, mm-hmm. you have the question here. Is he worth the risk at a top five fantasy running back pick? Yes. Yep. I, I agree. I mean, he's, he's the number four fantasy yep. running back period. Volume. Uh, if, is he is he going to get hurt? Dude, running backs get hurt. Yep. You need to prepare for that. But you shouldn't, you shouldn't necessarily draft for like a guy to be like, oh, what if he gets hurt? I like him more. Be prepared year. if they don't. Be prepared if they do get hurt. But if you have them, that's a lot of upside. They also know what they have in Alexander Madison this year. And they also know that Dalvin Cook is at the end of his contract. Mm. So what are the Vikings plans with Dalvin Cook? If you look Run at, him into the ground, probably. Exactly. If you look at Dalvin Cook's, uh, or if you look at the Vikings' salary cap situation going forward, it's very murky. This is why I love Dalvin Cook. When he was holding out, obviously, yeah, that was a huge question mark, but Dalvin Cook is going to be running the ground this year. Now, they know what they have in Alexander Madison. I think all of Madison's contributions only help Cook because he's one of these guys that when he's fresh, oh, baby, Dalvin Cook is just this home run hitter. If you could save him for just one down per you know, round, like just bring in Madison every time on third downs, just put in Dalvin at first and second. I think you actually get more out of Dalvin. He's this home run hitter guy. And I, I, I love what he could possibly do this year Yeah, uh, with an improved offensive line. 100%. There's really no doubt about it. And uh, I, I just, I love Dalvin cook. I've been watching that guy since he was in college. And, uh, he is an electric player when so, he's healthy. So, so how good is Dalvin Cook going to look in Bucks, Red, and Pewter next year? Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a good, interesting point. Yeah. Where does Dalvin go? Who knows? Uh, I, I, I can see the Bucks being the team that's going to spend money on him because Jason Light loves to do stupid things. So I would I would like to see a team spend money on Dalvin Cook. I really like him, man. I, th- I think the injury things are unfair. You know, he had the, the, the ACL tear on turf. Just bad injury. Uh, following year, he had a soft tissue issues. That always happens when you're Related recovering. to the ACL yeah, tear. For sure. Yeah. So I think that uh, if you look at the guy in college, he fucking never missed a game. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't know. I think it's overblown. I think injuries are much more luck-based than people think. And speaking of injuries, a guy we talk about all the time, Christian McCaffrey. Here's the year. Dude, this guy's just been absolutely destroying the NFL for so many years, right? Here's a guy that I think, you look at this guy's size, when is he going to take the wrong hit that sends his career in the wrong way? You know, when is, when is he going to get a shoulder injury? Look at those tiny shoulders. I I, He's fucking small. He's a small man. It, it's one of those things. So going back to Dalvin, one of the things that Dalvin's really good at is he's very hard to get real clean shots on. Most guys, he kind of takes glancing blows, which helps him prevent injury in terms of like when he gets hit, right? Uh, McCaffrey's pretty good at that, but when he does get hit, he gets blown up. Right. Like, he's tiny. It, yeah. It happens. He's small. Remember work done, though? Yeah. He was good at that, too. You never got a clean shot at work done. Yep. 
and he was five nine one eighty seven. Good yeah. comparison. Well, how, yeah. how what order? A long career stats. too. Work done at a really long career. Yeah. Uh, let me look at uh, real quick. Yeah. But but also work done. He was always. He was almost never just straight up the guy, yeah. right? They never Played used him. They never used him like they're using McCaffrey. He, his best years were those TJ Duckett with, years. With those touches. Yeah. He's, oh he's always a, like, a, like a multi-back system. McCaffrey's 5'11", 205. Yeah. I mean, it's not terrible size. But he's... No. He, he just does look tiny. He's small. Yeah. I mean, he might get that from his dad, right? His dad used to, you know, wear that super, super tiny uh, shoulder pads, pull, wear the tightest jersey he could find so that his arms were sticking out and he's got these, the guns and stuff. But he also still looks small. Also, Ed McCaffrey is a really good wide receiver in the history of the NFL. So. I'm sorry. I just, but Ed McCaffrey was larger than. Sure, than he was. His, his I mean, son. That, that's a combination of, you know, mom size playing a factor, I think, too. And, he, and Matt McCaffrey was not a great wide receiver. Like, he's certainly not in the Hall of Fame. No, um, he was a very good wide yeah, receiver. very good. Very good. I'll tell you what, sure. though. He's, he's put some uh, mass in those shoulders this offseason. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen him recently? Yeah, that, that's that's last. That's the previous year. I think. I thought he's, it was this He's a workout junkie. Yeah. yeah. He is a workout jump junkie, but that doesn't help anybody. You can see guys with muscles, and that's to me that's not meat. You need meat to yeah. kind of no, absorb think, some shock. I, I, I like think, uh, like uh, you need that Russell Wilson bone density that yeah. you were talking about. For real, though, I mean, <laughs> he just seems like a small bone structured man, and I just think like it's just like Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush got er- injured early on in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember when he broke his leg? It was like his third year or something like that. He was. I mean, he still had a great career because Reggie Bush is electric, right? He can do a lot of things. But I think the same thing about McCaffrey as I do Reggie Bush. For, for my money, dude, I don't know, man. I, I, I would just, I'd be very nervous about McCaffrey. Maybe not this year, but going forward. So in a keeper format, I don't know. I'm, just, I'm shying away from McCaffrey. I can't help it. And may, maybe it's completely overblown and... I just, I don't like tiny running backs. They don't seem to hold up. Name some tiny running backs that are in like the top five all time. What's tiny? Maybe Barry Sanders. That's like the smallest running back I can think well, of that's well, in the top well, five. What measure are we using to say a guy's tiny or not is my question. Wait. Um, Maurice Jones-Drew is small, low to the ground, but Wait. really powerful, right? He. Had I mean, thick- Maurice Jones-Drew is probably what, like 220? I, I'm not positive on what his playing weight was. He was big. But, but Barry Sanders also is a guy who had really thick legs. You look at Barry Sanders' legs. Right. They're, you know, the size of both of my legs put together, and I'm not a small-legged person. You know what I mean? Like, they're just that big. He's He was a monster. But it was also very low to the ground, you know? Um, and also, rattle, rattle off the top five running backs. You know, you got Barry Sanders, uh, who's smaller but mm-hmm. not not small. I would say he's not as small as McCaffrey. Right. I mean, Walter Payton's in that list. Walter Payton's not small. Bigger. Jim, Jim Brown is Jim Brown is a very big, large. Big man. Yes. Um, Adrian Peterson, 230. Sure. Uh, um, Eric Dickerson is a big yeah, dude. Big guy. Mm-hmm. These are all big backs. And funny thing is, Eric Dickerson's a big back that had a very short career. Yeah. But it was electric when he played. I mean, and you want to talk about just long careers that are running backs. Jerome Bettis mammoth of a dude right and then you that got that guy will never exist in the mountain who, era though who, but who's who's maybe the smallest out of them i think that goes back to your emmett smith uh barry sanders and curtis martin were probably on the smaller range right. of that list but also they're those guys are not small by any means mm-hmm. yeah i don't know maybe it's a white thing <laughs> 
Could be. Peyton Hillis once led the league in rushing, and he, and he was a big dude. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't even know if it's race. It's just kind of an observation. Yeah, I mean, none of them have really been primary or you know every down backs. Like, like Darren Sproles was was tiny, tiny. Um, but what white running backs? Around. What white running backs have held up? Stood the test of time. Such a I small. Mean, but the, the thing is, you look at it, it that way. What running backs have held up? All, all running, stat, but true. All stat had a, a point. had a pretty long career, right? Um, you have you and the know, sample go, size on white running backs if, is so if you small. Go, if you go back in the day, Jim Taylor, Larry Zonka, like those kinds of guys, had had some pretty productive years. Riggins, you know. Um, but yeah, it's just it. We haven't seen necessarily a lot of white running backs in the more recent era uh, that that have held up for sure. Yeah. I, I, I think it's interesting. The the top running backs on the board, uh, the only three that don't really scare me all that much are the top three, um, including McCaffrey. I, I'm, I'm talking about McCaffrey long-term. I, I right. always talk yeah. about McCaffrey this, this year and keep it I'm in, I'm in a McCaffrey, of you, course. You, you like you some Darius Sanders. For, for sure. Give me some Darius Sanders, 100%. But going forward, I'm just a little bit worried about him in a keeper format. But some of these other guys, they definitely worry me. Like Derrick Henry... Like, is that guy really as good as he... I, I truly believe Derrick Henry's like a recency bias type I think thing. Derrick Henry has two real productive years left in him, and then he's kind of going to hit a wall. Yeah, for sure. So from a keeper perspective, a little bit less valuable, but yeah, man, I don't know. It's 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 always a crapshoot with running back, and, and there's going to be some guy that comes out of nowhere that you never even heard of that's going to be in the top 10 this year. Or, or maybe that you didn't realize was drafted in the first round. For sure. In the real NFL draft, like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Did not know that. Uh, watched the entire draft. Literally still could not point out a single college highlight from that guy. Yeah. Uh, he, he he performed pretty well throughout the entire LSU season because he's just, yeah, he, he was good. But That's neat. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't yeah. take notice. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, observation is is a skill, and not everyone uh, has has watched enough Clyde Edwards Hilaire, I guess. But um, certainly not me. I feel like this is really segueing into punchable faces. Yeah. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. We need to segue into punchable faces. So, <laughs> number one on my board, I think it's indisputable, is Rudolph, the Steelers. Mason Rudolph. Yeah. I mean, with a name like Rudolph and a and a nose so bright, yeah. Jesus, fuck you. So, so how close did we have to? First of all, I try to not go for the, all the real obvious ones, like you know Cutler and Rudolph and all those guys. Do they still have to be active? Do they have to be? No, no, no. Can, just give can me. They, can give they be? Me what, give me a face that you wanted to punch. Can they be sports adjacent? Uh, John, John Gruden. John Gruden. John Gruden's got a pretty punchable face. So we mentioned one earlier. A Rod has a real punchable yes, face. Yes, very punchable. Very punchable. Yeah, so when absolutely. I say when I say sports adjacent, uh, I have a former coach on my list, uh, Chip Kelly. Oh man, real yes. doughy punch, doughy cocky. Yep, that fits on my criteria. Uh, He's not a former coach; he's a current coach is of he? UCLA. Yep. Yeah, and the uh, Niners and uh, Dan Snyder. Dan Snyder, yes. Wow, doesn't get much more punchable than Dan Snyder. I mean, if we're going owners, there's lots of punchable faces. Though. Oh yeah, <laughs> Arthur Blank. <laughs> Woody Johnson. Woody Johnson. Jerry Jones. <laughs> Roger Goodell just reigns supreme yes. for me. My God. But Mason Rudolph, dude, there's something about that bitch-ass face that I just hate so much. God, what? I hate it so much. I say it all the time to you, but, I mean, he looks like the guy from Twilight. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. The wolf guy. Yeah, the wolf yeah. guy. Jacob. 
So I, I, I went one non, uh, I'll say non-mainstream sport. So mm-hmm. so went to golf. Uh, my first thought was Rory McIlroy, but I thought of one even better. Yeah. Are you guys familiar with Bryson DeChambeau? Oh, yeah. Not yeah. only does he have a punchable face, but he has a punchable attitude. Dude, everybody hates Bryson <laughs> DeChambeau. Yeah. With a name like that. Well, so we and he act- wears one of those stupid little like Kangle hats. So in our fantasy league last year, we had like a a, a draft poll uh, where you picked a you picked a player in the Masters, and how they finished in the Masters was how you were in the draft. And Bryson Dan- DeChambeau was like in the top four, and I don't even remember who picked him, but he fucking sucked, <laughs> and it made me so happy. Oh man, probably the guy bad. who had the last pick. Yeah, I was like the ninth or so, tenth pick. So, so Robbie and I, I, think, pick, I picked I picked my pick last. Yeah, but. Yeah. Anyways, uh, any other punchable faces of note? The punchable faces, it's a thing. And you know what's weird about punchable faces is I'll be like, hey, you know this guy? And you'll be like, yeah, yeah, It's an It's like an international thing. Like everybody thinks, if once once you know somebody has a punchable face, everybody else thinks that that face is punchable. It's one of the most interesting things about it. I think Jackie's got a good one. I have several. Let's, right, let's give, hear him. Give us, your, give us your number one punchable face. Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen. Grayson punchable Allen. person. That's a good yep. one. Number I mean, three on my list. Com- coming from a UNC fan, not a surprise, but also a, I mean, great, a great call. A great, yeah. Objectively a great call. punchable face. No, no, yeah. no. Fuck my, Grayson. My Allen. next one, I think everyone else can also agree on Joe Buck. Oh, good one. I really don't. That one came out of the left field. I'm, I'm warming up to Joe Buck. I'll be honest. Yeah. Everyone else on podcasts, like be a hard behind punch, the veil, I'm warming up to Joe Buck. Yeah. But since we're on broadcasters, how about Cowherd? Mm-hmm. That's up there. Yeah. He's sure. got that rat-like face I mean, that it just really rubs me the wrong way. If we're going to sure. go broadcasters, give me some Skip Bayless. Like, that guy, just shut the fuck up. The thing about Cowherd, though, is like, you <laughs> yeah. know, if you if you started walking towards him aggressively, he would, like, threaten you with yeah. a lawsuit. Yeah. <laughs> or he's like a... Uh, Concealed carry guy. Oh, and he's gonna yeah. start screaming. I feel threatened. I yes. feel threatened. I can see that with coward. Yes, but uh, dude, punchable faces. I think is a good way to end this podcast. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> sports are back. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go watch some some baseball. Gonna watch some baseball, yeah, and and probably check in on some hockey and some basketball. We'll see what's when, going on tonight. We, when does got a plenty of stuff? When does the NBA playoff actually start? The uh, seven seventeenth. Seventeenth. Yeah. Shit. Okay. So, so we still got some time. just under two weeks. Yeah. But I mean, hockey is it's playoff atmosphere in hockey. It is. Uh, it's here. I'm excited for the NBA. I'm excited for the NHL. Um, I'm fucking excited for sports, guys. And uh, as we always lean heavy towards, I'm excited for the NFL. I hope the NFL figures out what all these other sports are doing wrong, and I hope that they fix it. Truly, for the love of God, fix it. There's a winning formula out there. Fucking go for it, NFL. I mean, really think anybody disagrees with that canadian bubbles i mean they're, they're still talking about half filling stadiums so i don't think they're on the right track no they're not on the right track <laughs> because yinzers and bucks fans yinzers gonna yins. <laughs> let's just get that vaccine man let's yeah. get it let's get that vaccine which we're almost f- definitely is not gonna come for the season wear a mask yeah. wear a fucking mask anyways guys 
the Sports Memory Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. People can't tell if your face is punchable if you're wearing a mask. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> it's your time, Roger. Roger Goodell. Uh, please like and follow us. And thank you so much. Have a great night.